This is Fearless Beauties, a podcast dedicated to developing voices of color in the beauty industry. We are talking to estheticians, skin specialists, and business owners to uncover best skin practices, tactical career tips, and ultimately, how we can create a better beauty industry together. I'm your host, Taylor Phillip. And I'm your other co-host, Alina Velez. Welcome to the latest episode of the Fearless Beauties podcast. Welcome to episode 11, season two of the Fearless Beauties podcast, where we will be talking about the secrets of Korean beauty. I'm so excited. So excited. I love Korean beauty. So many good things to talk about. Yeah, so let's just go ahead and dive in, Alina. What I thought we would uh, first discuss is kind of the hype around months being dedicated to celebrating people of color. So for example, February, as we know, is Black History Month. November is Indigenous American Month. May is Asian American Heritage Month. And September is Hispanic Heritage Month. So I thought we would just kind of plug in this quick discussion just to kind of talk about or give our opinions on why these months even exist. Is it counterproductive? Is it productive? Et cetera. Yeah. I just had a thought of like, what if we committed to truly honoring people of color year round? Like along with a dedicated month, I feel like just having a world that's rooted in racial justice and equity for all and just rooted in systems and uplifting and honoring people of color every single day. Like, what if we could do that in addition to? Yeah. No, I agree. When I was thinking about it, uh, before I even started working for Fearless Beauties, I did not know these months existed, except for Black History Month, of course, because even in school, Black History Month was like hyped up. Mm. Like that's at least that's what I experienced like during grade school everybody knew Black History Month was February. Like all the teachers celebrated, but I did not know anything about Asian American, indigenous. Like I didn't know any of, any of that until I started working for Fearless Beauties. And then when the question popped up for this week's podcast, I was like, you know what? That is pretty interesting. Like why? I feel like America is a huge melting pot of cultures, especially living in Florida all my mm. life. All I see is... um different ethnicities and races like all around like I've lived around Hispanics all of my life I think I've lived around more Hispanics than blacks mm. and so I'm used to seeing a bunch of different cultures all around me at all times like you were saying it's all hyped up for a month and then what and then it just kind of falls off you know yeah at least that's what it feels like to me definitely especially in the social media world this is my take on it because the question was, is it productive or counterproductive? And I was like thinking, I was like, well, I think it's both. So mm -hmm. uh, initially I think it's productive for those who did not know these months existed like me. And because there's so much hype around Asian Americans in May, et cetera, it motivates you to learn more about their culture. So in yes. May, you're like, oh, snap, I didn't know about this. I didn't like the Asian skin, like their heritage, their background, like all of that stuff. 
uh, we're going to be talking about it today. But a lot of the stuff I'm like, I did not know Korea was like this. Mm -hmm. And just by doing this episode, it made me appreciate their culture a lot more. There's a social media part of it that makes it counterproductive, though, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. So if you do not acknowledge, let's say, Asian Americans on your feed in May, you're not woke and you don't appreciate their culture and significance. And if you mention it on your feed, you're just trying to be woke. So it's kind of like a it's like a thing like, oh, you mention it. You're just trying to be woke. But if you don't mention it, like, what are you doing? You're going to get backlash. Right. If you post Asian American content more than once, you're either trying to be woke or you're doing too much, especially when your normal content has nothing to do with that topic or people of color in general. So how do you find that balance? Yeah, I think ultimately everything you do should come from an authentic place in your heart. And along with this, you know, If you sincerely want to be inclusive and you want to know your friends and neighbors better, then do your research and and celebrate it. But it's it's more about moving in that in your everyday life, I think. And I think it's really cool that we've got these months to to highlight and kind of center these different races and, and people of color, but really commit to celebrating people of color year round. Definitely. That, That would be awesome. Yeah. And I think what it is, is you don't have to put everything on social media just for it to be like out there. Oh, I Mm -hmm. I need people to know that I appreciate Asian Americans or I appreciate blacks or I appreciate Hispanics. You can do that on your own. Just like you said, like you kind of you have to hold yourself accountable, but you also have to be real and honest Mm -hmm. with yourself. Like you have to want to be inclusive and include everyone. and. learn about different cultures mm-hmm. you don't have to do that you don't have to highlight it on social media but look inside yourself and say this is the person I want to be and do that hook up with different cultures or friends situations like that and be about it you know and like be o- be open-minded yeah, yeah. very true yeah. I it agree. doesn't always have to be on social media even though I know we're in this generation of that but Not everything has to be presented on Instagram and TikTok and everything. Some of us are still old school, too. (laughs) Yes. And I would say I am old school, but, you know, my job is focused around social media. But if it wasn't, I would not be on social media. Balance, baby, balance. (laughs) Exactly. So I I guess the answer is, is it productive or counterproductive? I would say both. You just have to find a balance. Yeah. So Agreed. Agreed. Well said, Taylor. Well said, Alina. You did great. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead and get into these Korean beauty standards. Yes. Yes. Cray, cray. It's crazy. Like, you know, I didn't realize how much surgery went on in Korea. Um, I just I think Korean women are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I just I mean, their yeah. number one surgery is a double eyelid surgery because yeah. they don't like the way their eyes look. Second is jaw reduction surgery to slim their jaw. I mean, it's like they just completely change the structure of their face. Yeah, it it blew my mind. It's still blowing my mind because I look back at the notes today and I was like, 
I just didn't expect that from Korea. I didn't either. I just I didn't expect that. Um, I think I was a little bit speechless when I was researching. Like, are you serious? And like how I think it was this interview that um, someone did when they went to Korea and they said basically all of the buildings are like right next to each other clinics for mm-hmm. facial reconstruction. And um, I'm going to see if I can find it, but like how some of the names were just like. Oh, yeah. Small <laughs> face, magic nose. <laughs> yes. Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. Wannabe. Before and, those are and after. Obviously translated to English, but. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, he had someone translate it. His Korean friends translate, translated for him what the names of the buildings meant or the clinics. Yeah. And they're right next to each other, just like competing. Like, you know how you see like racetrack across the street from Wawa or at least that's in Florida. (laughs) Like they just be competing. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I picture it in Korea. Like, you know, you have multiple places you can go to, to get this done. And it's like done in their early teens. Early twenties. I mean, I read something. I read something that um, high school students get plastic surgery for a graduation gift. Um, And so I just, there's so much weight put on appearance and pressure to look quote unquote good. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it just blows my mind. I don't even know like where to begin because like when I see, okay, so as part of the research for this episode, I did watch the first episode of the Netflix Singles Inferno. So I didn't know if you took Ooh, a peek at it. I didn't. Tell me. Okay. Uh, it was interesting, mm. to say the least. So it's basically like, uh, not like Love is Blind, but it's basically like, I forgot what the show is called in like America. A reality. It's a reality show where all of the contestants are on this island that's uh I can't think of the word but it's you know away from everything remote yeah remote right and they have to cook for themselves and all that stuff which was not like the American show but they're basically trying to find love of course Mm -hmm. and the beginning where all the contestants come out like it's this huge hype like they're walking down the stairs like they built it to be like this magical situation they're like Mm -hmm. down the stairs all the other contestants are like watching them judging them and while like a woman is walking down the stairs one of the guys is like his eyes are just like fixated on her and then in Korean he says oh she's very pale-faced I like that oh um so basically (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that everything revolves around looks Mm -hmm. like you barely heard anything about personality Mm. and it's crazy well in korea it's more about well i i read this quote from this psychology professor and he says in korea we don't care what you think about yourself other people's evaluations of you matter more exactly yeah yeah that's exactly what it was and it just feels so such a box that you have to Mm -hmm. fit in And if you don't fit inside of this box of a pale face and like... What was it, like a turtle face or something? Yeah. (sighs) If you don't get the plastic surgery to, you know, have the perfect nose, have the perfect looking eyes and the white face, and then you just, you don't fit. 
<laughs> yeah. So I'm going to read the sentence based off of the uh, show. It said that Singles Inferno and I like Alina loves to give homework, but my homework for y'all is to watch this show. <laughs> it it just it brought everything together for me. Um, but it says it's a stark reminder of the sore realities within South Korea, a society where preference for certain skin color exists and a strenuous demand is put on looks and appearance. It's a paradox that an aesthetically pleasing reality show made a new batch of international audiences aware of the flip side that exists beyond the picture-perfect world of K-dramas and K-pop. Now, I'm mm. not familiar of K-dramas and K-pop. I have no idea what that means, being honest. <laughs> but if it's, uh, you know, kind of like the opposite of that, then okay. Because like how they said they put preferences for skin color. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, we all know there is like, you know, uh, a light to, to dark skin and mm -hmm. basically every ethnicity. Like we see it in like the new Fenty Beauty, how they have like 40 shades. Like there's mm -hmm. levels to this, you know what right, I mean? Right. But in South Korea, if you're more pale faced, you're like better looking. If you're more brown skin, they have like a certain they feel a certain way. Well, I think for Koreans, at least, um, it kind of stems back, you know, thousands of years ago when Korea was largely an agricultural society and a lot of people were working outside under harsh circumstances and spending a yeah. lot of time in the sun. And so if you had dark skin, that means you were an agricultural worker and that meant you were lesser of to them. And so if you have pale, whiter skin, then likely you have more money and more, I don't know, more yeah. money, I guess, yeah. no, that, <laughs> to take that, care of your skin. <laughs> that makes sense. So that's kind of like the uh, history of it and, you know, the origin, which mm -hmm. is, which is why I love doing these podcasts because you learn so much about a, a country's past that you would have like you, of course, as humans, we judge people by like their outer appearance. Um, and it's kind of natural, but when you kind of that deep, deep dive or dive mm -hmm. deep into the culture and why people are like this way and kind of how it's, it's a little bit of like unconscious, like they just kind of, is, is it unconscious or subconscious? Unconsciously. Subconsciously. Uh, yeah, girl, today is <laughs> a day. But <laughs> how you just kind of do things like naturally don't even like really understand why you're doing it. It's mm -hmm. all because of the past and what their parents did and what their parents did and what their parents' parents did and all that stuff. So learning about the culture of an ethnicity is so important. I agree. And helps you learn. And it also helps you learn how to approach different cultures. Absolutely. Another thing that they did in the show, which I, I like, is every time one of the contestants came down, they did their, their bow to each other. Mm, mm -hmm. You know how they, uh, and I just thought Put that their was hands nice. together. Yeah. Well, bow. it was actually a little bit more relaxed than that, but they just kind of like put their hand on their stomach and just like bow like really quickly. Mm. But it just, it's like, you know, that's their culture so mm -hmm. I forgot about that aspect of it because I was so focused on like gosh I only care about how they look but their culture is still rooted in there mm -hmm. so 
it's kind of nice to see the balance of uh i guess one of the girls um didn't really look nice on the outside like she had a like a mean look like a b-i-t-c-h face Uh uh-huh yeah um but so they were judging her based off that and they were like oh but when she smiles she her pale face comes out and it's i was like what the heck Mm, that's interesting if they look back at the show it's probably normal to them like you know how Mm -hmm. the reality shows they look back at it months later when it goes live and they're like i can't believe they said that about me no this is probably normal this is reality yeah right reality for them Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's very real so that was a huge eye-opener for me yeah i'm gonna have to check that series out and a thing is like no facial hair Mm. is a thing like the younger you look the more mature you look in a in a mm. way you know what i mean yeah no I hair got that. right like for the men no hair whatsoever just like bare mm. oh they look manly they did and i'm like that is so crazy because that's not kind of the opposite right. yeah kind of the opposite for us Kind of transitioning into like beauty standards and routines, I really liked how how Korean beauty really takes the approach of like, hey, our bodies change every day. Like one day you might feel really yes. tired and need more sleep. Well, it's the same thing for your skin changing day to day. You know, one day you might wake up and your skin looks tired and dull you know, in regards to a routine, combining a brightening serum or, you know, a hyaluronic acid to plump up and give a more kind of awake appearance. Um, but I just really loved the the fluid approach to skincare and, you know, not being stuck and attached to, you know, one routine, but kind of going day by day and listening to your body and your skin and what it needs. It's really cool. Yes, I I really love that as well, especially because I didn't expect that from them mm-hmm. after watching because I watched the show because that was the first thing that I saw on our notes. And then I uh, like started reading more about the skincare routine and, and things like that. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't expect for them to be to be so fluid, like you said, because they're kind of a culture where you need to look this way in order mm-hmm. to be accepted type of thing Mm -hmm. so I was really happy to hear that but then it makes sense because they care so much about their appearance if you kind of do like a one and done type of beauty routine and everyone follows that some people's skin is gonna look jacked up like (laughs) it's true it's true yeah so in order to to look the best you have to understand that your body changes you have to use certain different products like I believe what Mary said in a two podcasts ago I believe like even when you live in in a different environment like I mm-hmm. live in a more humid area I can't use the same products as maybe you two do mm-hmm. living in Oregon so it's it's different absolutely so many things come into play with you know skin changes and skin needs you know mm-hmm 
but yeah, just love that, that fluid approach. There's also kind of like, um, I don't know if you would call it a stigma, but a lot of people kind of, um, correlate K beauty with, um, like a 15 to 20 step skincare routine. Yes. I was just thinking that (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm all for layering products. I don't know about 15 though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was into like makeup and stuff, I remember hearing about the seven step Korean skincare process. Mm -hmm. And I was like all for that. It was like oil cleanser, a a foaming cleanser. So you double cleanse, exfoliator, toner, serum, sheet mask, eye cream. Mm -hmm. And I remember that because I studied that and I was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see that they don't really follow that. Agreed. I think my first like introduction to Korean beauty um, unintentionally, but was to the Tony Moly masks in Ulta. I don't know, Taylor, if you've ever tried any of the of the Tony Moly masks, but so no. many different, so many different like not flavors, but you know, different ingredients and different choices to choose from and super affordable Mm -hmm. Um, and just such a nice treat for your skin. So I love me some sheet masks. Uh, I I know Mary have sent me some and I've done those, but um, I feel like one of the things I want to do is take my skin more seriously. I always Mm. say I'm going to do it and I don't because it does take time, but it also is very beneficial. It's self-care uh, no one wants jacked up skin. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to email me that so I can look it up because I absolutely to Ulta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I think, too, you know, I'm not a mom, but you are. And I feel like it's a good it's a good like you time. And it is relaxing and a good like wind down from your work day and mm-hmm. packaging up all your stuff to send out. It's like saw some self-care you know give yourself a little mini massage and wind down that would be great along with Mm -hmm. the bath are we getting i mean let's go down this rabbit hole of self-care i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm just kidding but it's like yeah i mean skincare is self-care and that's uh definitely what what koreans think so i i like the way that they um because they even say that men take it more take it seriously as well Mm -hmm. and they're focused on natural ingredients if looking young is, you know, know. their forte. <laughs> Which I thought was, it's just so, and that's why I love learning about cultures because it's so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm like, I want to go around and, because I, I live in Orlando. You see, I mean, of course, tourists come in and there's a lot of Asian tourists here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just like kind of want to like look carefully now. And see what, um, you know, their skin looks like, how they, how they look, do they look more younger? Because I never really paid attention. I feel like when I was in high school, like the Asian American population was like 1%. Mm. Like even in college, I don't even remember seeing that many Asians. So um, this makes me want to pay more attention and uh, just kind of dive deep, ask some questions. You know, I don't know. I'm sure they'll be willing to answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. The K-Beauty products are just on the rise. 
I'm sorry, but have you ever heard of the the K-pop or the K the K-pops? Okay. <laughs> Isn't K-pop um like a genre of music? Yeah, but have okay. you have you list, ever listened to it? I'm gonna keep it real. I have not. <laughs> I've seen them on TikTok, like scrolling okay. through. Uh huh. And they definitely, now that I've done my research, embody the Korean culture. Like they're very. Not all of them are pale, pale face, but they're very clean looking men. Wait, mm. wait, no, it's a it's a group. It's a K-pop group. Darn it. Now I'm going to look it up. It's a K-pop I, band. I, I think I've BTS. heard of them. BTS. Yep. Yes. Like, wow. They're just yeah. very clean, young looking men when I'm probably sure they're not young at all. Yeah. But they have the, uh, the you know what I would picture in Korea based mm-hmm. off the show. I'm all, I'm all basing it off the singles Inferno show. Cause please y'all just watch the first episode. It's, it's so interesting. Mm. I'm actually probably going to watch all of it, but, but it's all in Korean. So you know how they do like the voiceovers in American okay. or in, in English. So yeah. Interesting too. But yeah. When I was doing my research, it's interesting to me that, when like United States beauty editors are looking for up and coming trends, guess who they draw from? Korean women or Korean really? general. Mm-hmm. Oh, so things like um, BB cream, sheet masks and cushion compacts were a few things that were highlighted that um, Korea gave us. Wow. Natural skin brighteners like rice extracts, vitamin C and licorice. Um, the whole layering thing, that that's a big game changer. And I feel like I might be wrong, but essences are kind of a Korean thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had mentioned before that I had managed um, I had man- managed a cosmetic counter and I worked next to a Shiseido counter. And um, that was my first kind of run in with essences from there, from that line. And it's kind of, it can be like a thicker, like you would wash your face, you would tone your face and then next would be an essence. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like just dousing your skin in liquid. You know, there's many different ingredients depending on which one you get, but, and it's just like a big drink of water. And then you would follow with your moisturizer or serums or whatever else. But another really popular ingredient that I thought was interesting is snail mucin. Ah, okay. That's a really commonly used um, K-beauty product or ingredient. And for those who don't know, snail mucin is the slime excreted by snails when they are stressed. So <laughs> if you saw my face right now, oh my gosh. I'm gonna send you some snail mucin. <laughs> oh my gosh. What if you just got a couple snails in the mail for me? <laughs> uh, why am I like um I'm just like over here just itching, like scratching. <laughs> that, but I mean I'm sure it works, you know. Yeah, I, I won't knock it till I try it. That's for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I mean hey if it works you know <laughs> uh, ooh, anyway I don't know why the whole surgery aspect is still so shocking to me I just would have never I don't know but it I was reading some more and they said that um 
the country has the highest rate of plastic surgery per capita in the world. In the world. I read that too. In mm-hmm. the world. Not just in South Korea. Like, yeah. Or in Asia. Right. It's like in uh, the world. So, well, And I think like to put into perspective, U.S. Ha- is at number six for highest rate of plastic surgery per capita. And I feel like that does surprise me because mm-hmm. I feel like now more than ever, I am seeing so much more people going under the knife. Oh, yeah, me too. Like they also compared it to like Brazil because, you know, Brazilian butt lifts and that whole thing. Yeah, the BBLs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what Korea, I'm seeing a lot Korea, more. Korea's got them beat. Uh, by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it says that one-fifth, between one-fifth and one-third of women in SEAL have gone under the knife. And one poll reported by the BBC puts the figure at 50% or higher for women in their 20s. I okay. mean, like you said, that they kind of get that for high school graduation presents, so mm-hmm. it's not. I think we have something in common with Korea in that beauty standards and what we're, what is supposedly beautiful is is shown to us through entertainment and social media and celebrities mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like like you said like plastered all over the walls and everywhere you look and so yeah it's going to start to feel like shoot maybe i should change my nose and my eyes and whiten my face because i look different than everybody else yeah, I had read that um, this gal went to, I think it's pronounced Seoul. I looked it up. Seoul? Okay. Seoul? I apologize. No, no Seoul. worries. I looked it up because I was like, I don't know. Anyway, she um, she took the subway and in the walls of the stations, of the subway stations, they're plastered giant ads for plastic surgery clinics and she went on to say many picturing twinkly cheerleader types, sometimes wearing jeweled tiaras and sleeveless party dresses. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, <laughs> who, mm-hmm. who walks around like that? Like, it's just yeah. it's unrealistic to me, at least. Um, I believe everybody's idea of of beauty, it, it, it is going to be different. And there is not just one idea of beauty so to each their own and um I just believe that you know the way you were born is the way you know God made you and you know um but if you if you know doing procedures or something is going to make you feel good about yourself go for it but I just feel like if you're doing it because you want to you know fit in or you feel you know some type of way then I would come to America (laughs) right No. Um, yeah. You said uh, it said um, like one of the captions on the advertisements there says everyone but you has done it. Uh huh. Like peer pressure. Uh huh. <laughs> it's yeah. It's country pressure. Like they're so basically true. saying you kind of have to do it. Mm-hmm. Or you're not gonna be accepted, which is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and who knows how that affects, you know, jobs or whatever else. Like, I'm sure it's more than just, you know, walking the streets and and feeling confident. I'm sure that that comes to comes into play in in many different avenues of of living in South Korea. Yeah. If you want to get married, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure like 
oh, she doesn't look a certain type of way. How could I marry her? Right. Type of thing. Right. So that's how the show, uh, there was this one guy on the show that was darker than the, he wasn't pale at all. So a yeah. lot of people were talking about that, like a lot. We're talking about his color. It still blows my mind. I think I might watch it after this because I'm, I really want to see what more they have to say. It just kind of goes to show you that it's that it's different. Like I mentioned, look into the culture, look into the history, look into why they do this. Sometimes it's not even a choice. It makes me think of um, in America, right? I feel like people who are lighter skin, the whole self-tanning, right? And wanting Mm -hmm. to be tan and like the Kardashians. I hate to bring it up, but okay. It's like, okay, you can have round hips and a big butt, but not too big or you know Mm -hmm. you can have you can be black but not too black or you can be you know you know what I mean and it's like I definitely get it it's never gonna be perfect no and it's so easy to go overboard with surgeries or um appearance how you look and things and then yeah I mean like you said, it's never going to be perfect. As soon as you do one surgery, there's going to be like this trend or something to look different. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be like, dang, I just got this. Mm-hmm. So you have to do it for you. You you mentioned that you have mm-hmm. to you can't you have to love yourself. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I remember I was when I was uh, in middle and high school, I got picked on for having a, a big nose. Mm-hmm. I never saw it. But then all of my family are from the Bahamas and they have huge noses in the Bahamas. Like I even pick at them because their noses are so huge. So when I uh, was in middle and high school, all the boys used to pick at me because I had a large nose and I never realized it. And I was like, okay. So I would like go home and I'd be like, mom, do I have a big nose? I was like, I've, oh, I always looked at my nose and I was like, geez, like. Hmm. am I ever gonna grow into my nose but you see like they made me feel that way when I walked into that school I had no idea that I had a big nose I didn't even think about my nose I, I right. thought I looked great mm-hmm. but it's, it goes to show you how people's words can really affect the way you feel about yourself so you really have to do the daily work to love yourself like there's gonna be days when you think you just look a hot mess but you have to do the internal work and so, you know, but on the inside, on the bomb.com and it's just self-love, self-care, you know, all those things we preach, but we don't practice. Mm-hmm. So it's all about practicing it and really doing the work to love yourself and love what you look like. Honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we look like, but I mean, come on, let's be honest. Right. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have to look the way you want to look. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's so good. So Taylor, just to kind of piggyback off of um, the whole self-love thing, I just want to encourage people to, you know, if you do have that self-love, which I hope you do, harbor that and and spread it and share it with those around you and call people out for think, for good things that you see them doing or, you know, their outfit or, you know, just, just the little things can go a long way to strangers, friends and family. And I'm a person of doing all things in love and the rest will come. So that's my two cents today. (laughs) No, I love that. That was great. So I think we could end the podcast. I mean, I hope y'all gained some insight into the South Korean culture. 
and uh, appreciate it a little bit more or, you know, learn something uh, and homework. Watch Singles Inferno on Netflix. Watch just the first episode and I think it will just change your whole perspective on South Koreans, not necessarily in a bad way, but just kind of opening your eyes and being appreciative of why they are the way they are. Okay. Thank you, Alina. And as always, you can find us at Fearless Beauties. You can find me at Taylor Budgets. And you can find Alina at True Skin Lab. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.